Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. In 1912, Willa and Charles Bruce created Bruce's Lodge, also known as Bruce's Beach in Manhattan Beach, California. It was a place where black tourists could go to avoid harassment. Well, in 1924, their land was seized by local officials who said they needed it for a public park, only to leave it undeveloped for three decades. Well, six months ago, Los Angeles County returned the property to Willa and Charles's great-grandsons, who sold it back to the county last month for $20 million. Is this what reparations looks like? And should Black Americans receive reparations? Well, let's get down to business. The business of being Black today is reparations. Please welcome political analyst and columnist Dr. Jason Nichols. Hi, Dr. Nichols. How you doing? Good. The Chief of Staff for Race Forward, Dr. Charlene Sinclair. Hi, Dr. Sinclair. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. The co-founder of African-American Conservatives, Marie Strotter. Hi, Marie. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for having me on. And music artist and the host of the Gray Area Podcast, Bryson Gray is back with us. Hi, Bryson. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, the first question that I'm going to ask is why should black people care? Why should black people care if there are reparations or not? Bryson, kick is kick. Um, so, I mean, it's an interesting conversation, right? You know, some families, not all, even though people think it is, were promised 40 acres and a mule. Um, and it didn't happen because the next person sort of didn't do it. Um, and I, I don't think the initial example is, in a, is a correct example of reparations because that was a specific family that owned a specific thing. I feel like when people talk about reparations, the questions we need to ask is who get it and why do they get it? And then you have to ask, would it help the black community? I think we have enough real life examples to prove that it will not only not help the black community, but it will further ruin uh, black culture and the black community if we do receive reparations uh, because we see people that already got them and look at them like the Native American community. So um, that's how I feel about it. Can I, I'm real curious about uh, your perception. Hold of that the- thought, Dr. Charlene. I want to ask this first question and get an answer from everyone first. Then we can go. We can go at it. Um, why should black people care, Dr. Charlene? Black people should care about reparations because black people built this country. Black people were intrinsic to both the capitalist advancement of this country, the cultural advancement, the spiritual advancement, and the idea of reparations is the idea of there has been significant breach between humanity, between black people and, and the political economic infrastructure of this country. And so reparations is about how do you repair that breach in a way that enables all people to thrive. So I think reparations is not just about money, even though we will need trillions of dollars in order to meet that reach. But it is also about how do we ask the right questions and so that we can actually answer them in ways that help Black people move forward. Dr. Nichols, why should Black people care about reparations? Or should we? Uh, my answer is yes, that we should be concerned with it. We should think about it. We should study it. I think some of the the things that were raised by Bryson are uh, legitimate questions about who's eligible and uh, how it should be dispensed. Those are things that should be discussed. But the fact that a debt is owed is should be unquestioned. Uh, there's no doubt that African-Americans were instrumental in not only building this country, they did it against their will. Uh, there is there were many efforts even after emancipation to keep African-Americans from building wealth. And we see the results today where African-Americans are worth about one eighth of what 
uh, white families are worth. And at the same time, you have uh, a situation where, uh, for example, in, in Boston, where the average black family is worth $8, median of $8, whereas white families are worth $247,500. So again, some people were allowed to accrue wealth. Some people were helped by the US government to accrue wealth, while American citizens who were black were being held back from that. That does lead to a need for repair, and there's a, a way to go about that. And we have to discuss how to do that. And I agree with Bryson on that regard. But the fact that there uh, is a debt owed to me is, is not even a question. Uh, Marie, help us out here. Why should black people care about reparations? Well, I don't think that anyone would disagree that slavery happened or that it was horrific or that we suffered injustices and through civil rights. Uh, so I don't think that that's the question. The question really is, how do we do it equitably? How do we do it in a way that is fair? And in this particular culture, before we get so there, though, I do want to know why black people should care about reparations. Well, because slavery did happen and I, there are inequities in our system. Our schools are unequal. Uh, there are a number of things that are that are unfair um, or that have we have suffered. But we are at a point now, for example, look at me, I'm biracial. So does the white half of me cancel out the black half of me so I don't get anything? I mean, how do you do this in an equitable way that is fair? And have there not been other groups of people? For example, in California, they're considering five, uh, in San Francisco, $5 million for each black person. So what about people who were Chinese and built the transcript? Transcontinental Railroad? What about people who had their land uh, taken from Mexico? What about yeah, people I, who I, were I understand so, that. I, I definitely understand the what about other people. But honestly, can we have the conversation without discussing other people? Because we can also use the opposite side of that and say, what about other people who have gotten their reparations? So it works both ways. I think this is a singular conversation about a specific group of people um, as, as opposed to, I mean, if 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 a certain ethnicity wants to have their fight for the transatlantic, then they should have their fight too. But it doesn't negate that black people should also have their fight. Uh, Dr. Nichols, where do you stand on it? Yes, I think a lot of times uh, our, our discussion uh, around reparations, people start to get into whatabouts. And I think that that's kind of a distraction from what we know. What we do know is that uh, there is a debt owed because of what is what occurred. As a matter of fact, there were reparations, and that reparation, those reparations, uh, came through the Compensated Emancipation Act in Washington D.C., where slaveholders were given reparations for their loss of property, which was about three hundred dollars per enslaved person that was freed. Uh, now, again, that's about eight thousand dollars today. So they were getting money, whereas the people who were emancipated got nothing and had to try and start their lives from absolute scratch without education, without anything to start on. Uh, now, African-American people have been really successful in, in, in uh, their efforts and, and trying to grow uh, with their American citizenship, but at the same time, they've been held back and, and that needs to be addressed. Um, I think that there are other groups, even you know, using Native Americans, I think it's kind of faulty because if you see what happened to Native Americans, uh, you know, they probably still need reparations. They just need to be conducted in the right and equitable way. And they haven't been. And that's why their community still struggles to this very day. We Bryson. need to find a good model for reparations. And yeah. that's one of the that's the conversation that I think needs to be had. Yeah. So Native Americans literally got reparations in almost every form you can think of. Uh, they don't even have to pay taxes on a lot of not a lot of Native American tribal land. Uh, they got billions, billions, billions and billions of dollars. Matter of fact, they were still getting billions of dollars up until now. I think they still get money. Um, they don't have to pay taxes that they get because they got casinos. They got, they got the they got rights to do things with casinos that we can't even do if we try to open it up now. 
So they had um, how many Native they, Americans? They, have, they can make their own rules on their land. They have reparations in every way you can think of. Now look at the results of Native American culture. They lead in everything negative: the highest suicide rate, the highest depression rate, the highest alcoholism rate, the highest drug addiction rate, um, the lowest median household income. Even though sometimes us black people we we, we beat them out in that category. I was about to say, don't we rank in the lowest of everything already anyway? That's 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 my point though. My, my point is, without reparations, we doing it. We see a group that got every single type of reparations you can think of. And my and this leads to my question. My question is, how would this affect the black community? I've seen what my homies did with the PPP loan. You hear me? They, well, got, they walked the around thing. with six chains. I, here's the thing. If, Bryson, let me ask you this. If I loan you $500 and you're supposed to give me the $500 <laughs> back, do you say, well, I know you're just going to buy some Gucci shoes with this $500, so I'm not going to give it back to you. No, no, that's not that's not the question. But you wasn't a slave, so we're not talking about the people that actually that this actually happened to. We're talking about the descendants of these people. Exactly. And the descendants of the people is, is potentially me, potentially you, potentially a lot of other people here. Well, I know I came from slaves. Uh, so my question is, how will this affect the black community? Because the com the conversation about reparations is, I just want it because we do. But we, the answer is, it. we don't know how it will affect the community. So so should we lean on the side of, well, it it, it didn't work for one group, so we shouldn't get it either. We don't know. Like, there is no evidence to show that it won't work for black people. Yes, it is. There's overwhelming amount of evidence, though, because I'm like, you, you, you said it yourself. You said we are already <laughs> we are already in these same categories, almost like Native Americans. And so and perhaps reparations it. would take us out. It, it won't, though. But I, how do I, we know that? Evidence, so it won't. Yeah, what, what's your evidence for that? How do we, we know that? Easy, easy. Black people get money all the time. PPP. How many? Don't lie either. How many of y'all friends got PPP loans? I, I don't have any friends who got PPP loans. Nah. I'm sorry. Oh, y'all ain't. Oh, y'all ain't. We we must be paying those reparations can bankrupt, you know, communities. And then where do we go? Uh, you know, if our infrastructure is decimated, then what happens? So we go bankrupt, paying this debt that we owe, and then to the destruction of our neighborhoods, to the destruction well, according of according to everything, Bryson Marie, we won't go bankrupt because black people will just put it back into the system. They will. Have y'all seen, seen that Dave so, Chappelle So then skit? we won't go bankrupt, that's for sure. It sounds like it can only help our economy grow. Let's take a quick break so my economy can grow with these commercials. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The Business of Being Black today are reparations for African-Americans. Uh, Dr. Sinclair, Bryson says, look, black reparations for black people ain't going to do no good. Y'all going to blow the money. Uh, you know, your suicide rate going to go up. Everything bad is going to happen if we just hand over black people money because we don't know how to take care of it. I didn't quite Dr. say Sinclair. that. but <laughs> Somewhere around there. <laughs> I was so disturbed by that conversation because the indicators of black families now are, are so low that the idea that somehow giving black people an opportunity to move themselves and their children and their children's children through any kind of infrastructure, whether they're financial or structural, will somehow be bad for black people. I, you know, I, I, I have to hesitate around how do you even get to that conclusion? But the piece that, that I really want us to focus on is this idea of reparations, because what we are actually saying is that Black people don't deserve to actually have their humanity known and felt. We repair everything. When banks fail, we repair them into economic strength. When anything fails, we repair them. Now, we have people that have actually structured the economic foundation of this country where we took their labor, we took their bodies, we took their children, we took everything possible. And then we say we don't deserve to actually be in a real conversation about what that means over centuries and how do we repair the epigenerational damage that that has created. I, I can't say that I'm going to start from today and not think about historically what has happened and what the impacts have been on communities. And I agree that we need to just 
focus on what this means for black people. Because what we have seen is that when we do focus on actually making black people's lives better through black struggle, everybody improves, everybody's lives improves. And so we really need to begin to start thinking about how do we think about this actual structural breach that we've made against black humanity? And then how do we repair that through whatever means is necessary, be that fight structural. Marie? Well, I, I do agree with Dr. Sinclair about some of those issues, but here's the thing. So everyone gets $5 million or whatever. I mean, first of all, how do you come up with that amount of money? None of us lived during that time, but we know that those times had just were infused with brutality, people being killed, people being beaten, people having their children ripped from their arms. But how do you put a monetary value on that? And then if you do put a monetary value on that, let's say we figure out a way to do that. Then all of a sudden, everything's kumbaya. I mean, everything's fixed. Our schools, all of a sudden, Johnny can read. Um, you know, those are, are, are systemic issues, I think, that we need to address. Our schools have always been separate and unequal, even after Brown v. Board of Education. How do we fix those issues? Money for individuals isn't going to fix that infrastructure. That's what I want to see. That's what I wanted to see when BLM got all of that money instead of people buying mansions. I wanted to see people giving money to HBCU so that we can fix the system from the inside. People, we could have correctional officers, black judges, black criminal defense lawyers, money to fix the system. And so that's my issue with reparations. When we give people money, we have to look at the infrastructure within which within that people live. But isn't that reparations as well? I mean, why are we why are we juxtaposing these two things against each other? Because isn't that also reparations? I mean, it to me, I think we need to be having a conversation around how do we actually have a commitment to black people's thriving? And what will it take for us to do that rather than juxtaposing these false e equations? Yeah. Can, can, I, can I just uh, interject one thing? Now, one of the things that I think uh, Ms. Strauder was saying that um, I think is a misunderstanding about reparations is the idea that reparations is based around pain and suffering. That's not really what, what most of the models for reparations are based around. They're, they're an economic equation for, for lost wages. So if you look at it, there's a scholar by the name of Thomas Kramer, who, by the way, was raised in Germany, and he saw what the German government did for uh, Holocaust survivors. And said, and when he got to the United States and learned about slavery and learned that slave, the descendants of enslaved people got nothing, he was like horrified. So he came up with a an uh, equation, basically, you know, adjusting for inflation, uh, wages at the time. And he came up with a number that was somewhere on the low end around $14 trillion. Now, no one said that this has to go out all at once, like $5 million all at once. Uh, no one said, again, has, has really come up with a model. And that's what I was saying we should study is what would be the most effective way to uh, disperse reparations instead of saying, you know, the, the idea that somebody's going to get a check like the Dave Chappelle skit. Nobody's necessarily saying that. Maybe it does come in the form of education funding. We know that major, uh, majority of color school districts are funded $23 billion less than majority white school districts. So maybe it does go into education funding. And the other thing is, if you get wealth, what, how are fund, our schools funded? I think it's great that Ms. Strouder has talked about funding for schools. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that we know, our schools come from tax revenue. Yes. Black people and in, in a lot of yeah. impoverished black areas, there is no tax revenue because black people don't have wealth. They don't own right. property. If you're starting to uh, go through different models for reparations like they did in Evanston, Illinois, where you got tax credits for, you know, buying a home and you were given an opportunity, a better opportunity to buy a home, then you own property then you actually create tax revenue, you know, property tax revenue, and then your schools are better. So I think there's a, um, a conversation that needs to be had about how we disperse reparations, but we can't sit there and, and use the, the Dave Chappelle skip model as a way I, that, that reparations can happen. 
I can. I grew up in a black community. I still go there all the time. I have friends that live there. I watch this in my own two eyes. I, I, my, my aunt gets $11,000 back and uh, she back $11,000 back for tax, for tax bills. She do it every year. And she, and she asks me for money every year too. Um, and the thing was, you just say, I agree with the issues. You're, I agree with the issues you claim is happening. Right. But the thing is I have a better solution. Oh my goodness. It's so crazy. It'd be so beautiful too. And I know this will work. Trust. If we actually thought as black people changed our mindset, change our mindset that we don't need the government to do it. We could do it ourselves because people had that mindset. If you, if you actually look at um, our economic growth back in, back in Jim Crow times and our, um, and, and, and the way our economics was rising, we, we were on a great path. We were on a great path, but then full scale uh, welfare got, got, got pushed to us. And then we bought it, you know, we, we, we bought what they sold us and, and now we're here. So we can't act like we needed, we didn't need the government then to do it. The government wrecked us. By putting something oh. on to us. So what we need to do is come yeah, together. The government, the government also business. wrecked us by wrecking our 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 black owned businesses and the neighborhoods that we created as well. So we and can't redlining. We can't allow. We can't. We can't. We can't stop uh, giving them credit for that too. Yeah. Wait. I, 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 but, but, you might want to look at that one, Bryson. Wait. 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 Hold on. I'm not. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Dr. Nichols, repeat yourself, please. Yeah, all I was saying is um, that if you look at, and now I'm, I'm not going to say that, that there haven't been some issues that were created uh, by some failed policies that happened in the mid '60s and and beyond, and mass incarceration, which took you know black fathers out of homes and and all of the things that happened there. But if you think that black people were growing this huge amount of wealth during Jim Crow, when of course, you had redlining, which was legal, which kept black people from buying homes and being able to accrue wealth. The largest asset that most black people have in life is a home. And we know redlining kept black people from starting businesses in certain communities and from uh, growing their wealth through home ownership. And the fact that at the same time, the US government was subsidizing white uh, home ownership that's how you get Levitt towns. That's why many of your homies probably live in a suburb, you know, because those suburbs were for white people. Bryson, I want to get Bryson in. Go ahead, Bryson, respond. Yeah, so, so like I said earlier, if you look at the economic growth rate during, during these times when he claims all this going on versus the economic growth right now, you will see a, a stark difference. That's just, a, that's just a simple fact, if you like it or not. Uh, secondly, even if you look at Black Wall Street, right, everybody talks about how it got burned down, but for some reason, yeah. nobody talks about the rest of that story. It got rebuilt within six years with pushback from the government, and it still got rebuilt using black lawyers and black people rebuilt Black Wall Street within five years. And okay, let me go to a commercial story. break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today is reparations, of course. Please welcome political analyst and columnist Dr. Jason Nichols, the Chief of Staff for Race Forward, Dr. Charlene Sinclair, the co-founder of African American Conservatives, Marie Strotter is with us, and music artist and the host of the Gray Area Podcast, Bryson Gray is with us as well. Bryson says that they actually rebuilt Wall Street when Wall Street was uh, burned down uh, by the government. And I mean, obviously, Wall Street is the most popular, but there are several others as well um, that that white folks shut down. Uh, you say they rebuilt it, but should they have had to rebuild Wall Street? Should they no. have had to do that? No, so of, of course not. We, we have been... We have been persecuted in this country before. We have been mistreated in this country before. We have been oppressed. Nobody is saying these things haven't haven't happened. Of course they have. That'd be delusional to say. What I'm saying is the way forward is to break out of that mindset and do things ourselves because we've seen examples of people of us doing it ourselves before. Um, so I'm not saying like, of course it sucks that we went through it, but I don't think the way out of it is asking the government for reparations in any form uh, that you want it. Now the education system, that's a conversation to have, right? But uh, I, I've been in a lot of these spaces, watching people talk about reparations, and people. I'm gonna just be honest. It just sounds like people want something for nothing. Doctor Sinclair, like. not for nothing. Okay, yeah. Doctor Sinclair. Yeah, I, I, can I can I just say one one thing? Go ahead. Like uh, Bryson, you mentioned your your aunt got eleven thousand dollars back from taxes. Crazy. That's her money. Like that. That's not her being irresponsible. That's no, literally not. her money. 
No, it's not. You know, it's our money. That's paying. not true. When you get a tax refund, what people don't understand is that's not free money. That's your money Get that your government no. is playing a trick on you. Wait, wait, sir, so sir, Jason. The Jason. government. Jason, no, it's not. When you have when you have more kids, she barely has jobs. So no, she didn't even make that much in that year. When you have kids, you get extra money back during tax season. It's not her money. It's me and your money or whoever pays money into that state. So when you say it's her money, that's just simply I inaccurate. Have, I don't know where you got the information. I have, there are two things I have to say. One is the utilization of black brilliance, <laughs> black creativity, black striving in the midst of very exploitive um, oppressive systems being used as a rationale for not supporting black people. I'm, a, I'm actually appalled by that. Number one, the second piece around this is that it is our money because you cannot say, let me, let me say why it is our money because we all contribute to the tax base of this country. Now, when you think about the fact that for many black people, their rate of pay, their actual wages are so low, it's beyond what a friend of mine, Dr. Kerry um, Mitchell Brown talks about, how can we talk about black labor being expropriated, taken for hundreds of years, and then we're having a problem with $15 an hour 400 plus years later. So black people have done work where they have been so exploited and the notion that we can have credits that come back when billionaires barely pay anything. And we use that as another form of Ronald Reagan's welfare click queen narrative is appalling. What we should be saying is, my God, the strength of black people, that they're able to do so much with so little. Imagine what brilliance we would unleash if we actually did a fair job of, of thinking about the infrastructure that is needed for black communities to succeed. What if we did a fair job of thinking about what would it mean if we honored the fact that that beyond that stolen property, that we were able to actually live a life that was joyful, that brought people into culture, into industry, et cetera. Black people were not enslaved simply because they were, you know, brutalized. They built the economic and financial infrastructure, including the debt structure of this country. Their very bodies did that. Marie, and let so me get Marie in, Dr. Sinclair. Marie? Well, but here's the thing. There's nothing that we can't do anymore. I mean, I don't have to go to a specific bathroom. I don't have to drink out of a certain fountain. There are some things that just aren't what's happening anymore. And so I think, again, to talk about the damage that was done and the people who are currently here, how do we address the system that we have currently? I, I agree with uh not Dr. Sinclair, Dr. Nichols, who said, you know, the way that we pay our taxes in, is inequitable. But here's the thing, even if we were all able to get this wealth, even if, does that erase prejudice? Does that erase, nothing is even. So I think that we need to talk about how to do this in an equitable way. I think we need to talk about infrastructure. That's the word I keep going back to. I don't think individual reparations is the way to do it. Now, the example that you gave at the beginning of the show, where there is an actual family and we can put a value on that. Um, when we talk about the claims, you know, 40 acres and a mule, there were people who had claim numbers. Those descendants are due. The government needs to pay and, uh, and, and honor that obligation. Black Wall Street, we know the buildings that were decimated. We know the value of, of what happened. That makes sense. But this whole blanket, I mean, how do you do that? Do you have one drop? If you're one drop black, like we had the one drop rule, do you get money for that? How do you do that equitably? And what is the standard for that? Because as I said, I can go to any school that I want to go to. I can walk into any store that I want to walk into. So some of those things have changed. And so we need to look at where we are now and what still needs to be addressed and how to equi equitably address those issues. But is that true? Can you really, can black people really go to any school that they want to? Can black people really, I mean, is that really true? We're at a point now where we have poisoned water in black communities. 
In Jackson, Mississippi, there's no clean water. If you don't have a good education system that will allow you to fully thrive, can you really go to Harvard? What about if you have a, a, a minimum wage job? Can you really pay for the school you want to go to? I think it's a bit of a stretch to say that we can do anything that we want to. And it's a bit of a stretch to believe that over all of these years of, as you said, Dr. Nichols, redlining of stolen property, of depressed wages, of violence and terrorism in our communities, of structuring a, a carceral. Let's get Bryson in here. He's a side eyeing and laughing at you right now. No, I'm not. Here, I'm, not la I'm not. La I'm not. I'm not laughing at it. It's just like people say violence in, in the structure in our community. If I bring up the violence that's actually going on in our community, then I bet the conversation will have a stark turn. Um, listen, when it comes to wages, right? Why can't you get a better? Why can't you get a better job? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not saying anybody can do it because you some some jobs you got to have a certain education level. But I have I grew up in the black community, High Point, North Carolina. I have never not been able to get a job. If I wanted a better job, I had to work my butt off to get a better job. You move up. I have many friends who moved up. They've been working at a place since uh, since high school, and they moved up by the time they were 30 and never even went to college. Once again, I think the issue here is more culture, and I don't think the government can fix it for you. Um, the government can't fix a mindset. No matter what they give you, they can't That's fix right. your mindset. If more people... Uh, um, earlier, one of y'all said something about um, we need more uh, Black people in certain positions. Why can't they be in those positions? There are black people in those positions. Isn't Mr. Nichols a doctor? Um, so people, so, so people can get in these positions. We need to influence more people to get in these positions rather than be in the streets. But all that comes from fatherlessness in the home. How do we keep fatherlessness in the? Uh, how do we keep more fathers in the home? Once again, this is about culture. Reparations won't Wait, fix. Let me ask you, it won't address let me ask you this: Did the government have anything to do with black fathers not being in the home? Oh, I think yes. I think the full scale welfare system did yes. that. So yes, I do believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So you incarceration as well. You from high incarceration as well? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, when they put a lot of people in in jail for drugs and stuff like that for a very so, long time. Yeah. So the, the yeah, I mean, we we don't necessarily, and I I don't know anybody who's necessarily even asking for reparations for that. But um, I I think a lot of the the cultural issues that you're talking about, um, some of them have merit. I I, I will agree with that. There there are issues that need to be conversations that need to be had within Black communities. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think at the same, you, what, when you look at the roots of a lot of that, it does come from some of the disparities uh, that come from our government. And some of that needs to be addressed. And as far as coming up with numbers, uh, you know, that Mrs. Strotter just stated, I think it's important for us to also look at the fact that uh, when we came up with reparations for 9-11, they came up with a number. You know, when when you had hostages that in Iran, the United States gave those families of the survivors uh, reparations. They came up with a number. So why is it that coming up with a fair number, which we do have economists who have done that, uh, why is it that we because can't, we don't want to give all the black people no money now, Doctor Nichols? We can't give all these black people money. What would that do? Let me go get some money. Commercial break. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And, and the business of being black today are reparations. Uh, I don't even know where to start because you guys have handled the whole conversation. I will say this, though, Bryson. Are you being a little unfair when you say, uh, if you're not making enough money, get a better job? Because I, I'm kind of a prime example of where um, racism kind of comes into play when it comes to radio. I've been in radio all of my life. And I've never been able to get a job in uh, at a radio station that has been um, a corporate conglomerate owned by white people. It's never been able to happen. And it's not because I'm not good. It's not because I'm not educated. Uh, it's not because they don't see my worth or value. It's because I'm black. Um, well, that that's a personal story. I can't I can. uh I can't reject your personal story, but I grew up with music on the radio and it was intercom. It was Comcast, the top radio companies, and it was only black people that work in there. Matter of fact, one of the black people just got promoted to being the uh, program director. So, so I just simply have a different experience. And I don't think one experience equates to all experiences. Um, you know what? But I think if you ask most 
people in my industry, they will agree with me. I don't think that there are many that that won't agree with me. Um, and and I and when I say other radio, I'm not talking about black radio stations with black music. What I'm saying is when it comes to black people, there are positions we cannot get into. And 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 if I wanted to work at a country radio station, probably, you know, that that's not going to happen. If I wanted to work at the they will put white people at hip hop stations, but they will not put black people in pop radio. I I have a question, though, because you you brought up you can't get with a radio station that's a part of a big corporation. So my question is, which position, which because I know I know a lot of the radio station. Well, I'm saying I'm suggesting I'm I'm I'm. I'm saying specifically the types of genre of radio stations. Okay, okay. So I want to stick with that. Right. Um, Because you they will put white people at hip hop stations, blow them up, make them superstars. But you don't see that with black people. You don't see them putting black people on country stations or black people on pop stations. And now black people are barely, they, I mean, we we pushing it at the hip hop stations, to be honest. And so, I can speak specifically of Los Angeles because that's where I live right now. Well, that's yeah. LA, so I'm from North Carolina. I worked in North Carolina. I worked in Greensboro, North Carolina so, 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 all of my college career. So, 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 you, so, so you're familiar with 102 Jams? Of course I am. So my music was getting played on that station. And, the and there was and there was a white man who was the program director pro, there for pro, years. Program years. director. Yes, program years. director was white for years, but the music director was Big Mo, who was black. You, you know who Big Mo is. And now Big Mo is the program director. I'm, or you well, can go aware to Charlotte, right? I'm you, well aware of that. Or you, or you can go to uh, Power 98 uh, in Charlotte. And you would know that uh, incognito is. A but we're talking about hip hop stations. Yeah. Okay. Listen. So, so, so my, my right. point to that is. So my, uh, my my only point is that when you say you should find a job somewhere else, it's not really that easy. And you know that as a black man, it's not really that easy. It, and how does reparations address that, though? I mean, if everyone gets this big pot of money, all of a sudden, are we going to start getting jobs at those places? I mean, that doesn't address that. It doesn't equate. So that's the issue that I have with reparations. So you can fix some things, but you can't fix other things. So reparations could potentially, potentially start black people to develop and own their own. Is that not sure. an option? Sure. So then you don't have to rely on someone else giving you a job. You can create jobs and wealth for other black people. I mean, that's the that, holding that's us back from doing that now. The conversation, right? The the essence of the conversation is that that we are. I'm I'm sorry, Bryson. You, you are taking an individual experience and trying to wrap it across an entire um, demographic of people. The 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 reparations question is: Do we owe black people a real and intensive? conversation that is built on structuring a solution to the fact that we have literally hampered black people over hundreds of years, economically, politically, socially. Do we owe that conversation? And do we owe, as Reverend, as Dr. Um, Nichols said, do can we put resources behind that question? Why is it when when we're talking about black people, somehow the question of money is it becomes a problem? Like we can talk about repairing damage to all kinds of industries, all kinds of folks, but when it comes to black people, somehow we become we become people that are just you know careless. We become people that don't want to do things the right way. We become people that are undeserving, and so there's a bigger question around how do we feel about black people, Doctor Sinclair? Yes, sir. I support reparations. I, you know what? I saw reparations so much. I hope everybody get a ten million dollar check. <laughs> Fifteen. Why stop there? I, I actually want reparations. We've got one or two people in the world that can do that to no, give listen. $10 million. Listen, listen. I actually want reparations to happen, happen after this conversation. I truly do. You know why? I want to see because at that point, if it does happen, there will be no more time for excuses, no more if, ands, or buts. We will know the result of it. Well, so, you now know this what? is true. Give it. Get get, get, get reparations. Somebody. Let's Dr. Contact Nichols, um, Dr. Nichols, do you believe that reparations is a possibility? Um, so I, I think one of the things that needs to, to happen first is, 
you know, people keep saying about a check, a check, a check. And I don't think that that's necessarily uh, the only way that reparations can happen. I think there are many different models. But according to a lot of reparation committees, money has to be on the table in order for it to be reparations. Yeah, I, I think when you're studying it, everything has to be on the table. What's what is the best way that's going to, um, you know, best uh, benefit black communities and, and make things more fair uh, and more equitable, uh, as, as has been stated. So I definitely think that money should be on the table. But I think there are a lot of other uh, uh, other models. I think, you know, one of the things that I think Bryson and Mrs. Strotter uh, are stating is this idea that, you know, if I gave you a $20 uh, bill, you might spend it, you know, and I hope that they're not saying only black people would do that. I think a lot of people would do that. Mm -hmm. um, but if I give you a $20 bond, you might put that away in a, in a safe deposit box and wait until it matures and then, you know, do those kinds of things. So there are other models, you know, and there are other ideas like people have talked about baby bonds and things like that. So there are other models that we could come up with other than just cash. You um, know, that's so funny. My uh, aunt gave me a $200 bond when I graduated from high school. Uh, and I think it, it, it matured in 2023, which is now, right? Yeah. I don't know where it is. <laughs> the slightest idea. I put it in my Bible. I moved. I don't know where the. I don't know where it is. I don't know that the bonds are the answer either. Well, two hundred dollar bond versus you know a twenty thousand dollar bond. You wouldn't have lost that twenty thousand dollar bond. Let's I hope. <laughs> no, the the thing about it is that we we are in a, a consumerist economy. And and when that economy um, potentially collapses, the government gives money. So, when, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were in the middle of the pandemic, the government gave money because they recognize that if you don't actually put money into people's hands, they can't live. They can't buy things. They can't drive the economy. So we, we do have a history of giving money. And so uh, money does have to be on the table. I agree. So, but we should not act as though money is not always on the table when it comes to other people and other interests. So we need to, yes, put money on the table and we need to put every strategy available to us on the table so that we can figure out what is the best strategy to actually close the wealth gap, to give black people today and in perpetuity a fair and equitable chance and to make sure that communities are thriving. So yes, everything must be on the table, including money, because we do have a history of putting money on the table. Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, Japanese internment got money there, you know, uh, the 9-11 uh, victims and their families got money. So all the other examples of reparations. What, what, what is interesting to me about that is no one's concerned with what they did with the money. I don't I don't like any money being given out. I don't like that we give money to Ukraine. I don't even like, you know, I'm going to use it as a talking point when I have the base with, um, with other people in my community. But I, I didn't even like when Trump gave out all that money at $1,200. I bought a gun with that. You know what I'm saying? During the pandemic, but um, uh, Dr. St. Clair. Hold on. Let me, let me go get some money that's on the table right now. Commercial break. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The Business of Being Black today are reparations. So, should we give reparations? Before we get to our lightning round, I would like to know, um, scholars estimate that direct payments to descendants of enslaved Black Americans would cost roughly $19 trillion, right? Is that enough money to finally close the wealth gap? And I kind of like, I have my hands, my thoughts are kind of where Bryson's is, including with an apology to African-Americans for slavery. I feel like, if America would just do the right thing, then America itself could say, listen, we did the right thing. We're not, it's not, it, whatever happens from here, it doesn't belong to us anymore because we've made good. And that's what I, that's how I think America should be. Whatever happens, 
America did right by the black people. Uh, uh, go ahead, go go ahead, Marie. What what's uh, do you think that uh, that would that money would close the wealth gap? I don't know. I, I believe you have to, as I've said the whole time, is it, it's really infrastructure, it's not individual uh, payments, but the infrastructure in our schools and those sorts of things. That's where I mean, it was illegal to teach a black person or a slave person. But there is uh, a wealth to, gap, to read. Marie. There is a wealth gap. There yeah. is a wealth gap. Yeah. And and we have a lot of ways to address that. As I said, you know, it was brought back to me about how when I said you can go to any school that you want to, we've dropped SAT admissions now. You know, there are no math requirements to get into many schools. It's trying to make a quota. We've also out of dropped things. affirmative so we, action. I'm sorry? We've also dropped affirmative action in some states, most states. Yeah, but we've done all these other things to try to address some of those things, and those things haven't been addressed. So we need to be at the table. I agree with that. We need to be at the table. We need to have a seat at the table and have a discussion about what strong communities look like and be able to put input into how this would work in our system. Because I don't think just giving people money is going to work. Because look, after the death of Freddie Gray, after the when we've seen all of these riotings in, in all of these cities, people have destroyed black communities. We're destroying our own communities. We're, we're looting and carrying out plasma TVs like that's going to make all these things equitable because now we've paid the debt. That doesn't change the fact that those communities no longer have stores where you can go to purchase consumable goods. You can't cash your check there. We've destroyed the, the, the community. So so that's what I fear in this is that great. Okay. So fine. You paid your debt. Um, you can't put a price on the atrocities that we suffered. So first of all, secondly, how does that make things equitable? It's the systems that we have to address that will make things equitable going forward and the generational wealth going forward, fixing systems going forward so that we do actually have parity. So let's do a lightning round here. Lightning round coming up in three, two, and one. Should Black Americans get reparations? Should Black Americans get reparations? Where do you stand, Dr. Sinclair? Yes, Black Americans should get reparations. We should put real money on the table. All of those trillions of dollars needs to be there. And it should be both structural and we may need to give people money. We may need to give people universal basic income so that when our economic infrastructure collapses, people can still live. We need to make sure that we are doing right by Black people who have with their bodies, their children's bodies, their very being built the economic infrastructure of this country and have yet to reap the benefits of closing that wealth gap. Listen, black Americans are responsible for the trillion dollars that gets spent in America. So if you give reparations to black America, it's only going to <laughs> rebuild America. It can only help America. So why, you know, why can't we help America? We Americans. What's up with that? Dr. that Nichols, yes or no? Yes or no? Reparations. Yes, I, I believe that we should um, have reparations. We should certainly study how to disperse it. I think that, you know, it's not necessarily a given that it'll be, you know, a, a check or, uh, you know, a property voucher or in education. But we certainly should have some way to repair black communities for all of the damage that they, they've suffered. And, you know, I, I'm outside of Baltimore and I, I certainly very much remember the Freddie Gray situation. And there is no grocery store in Penn North. There was only a CVS. So they couldn't get fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. Uh, I think so to, to make it seem like black people burn down their, their own neighborhoods. Let's just remember the, the operative word there is own. Lots of black people don't own anything in those communities. And that's part of the frustration. So we do need an economic engine. Uh, and it is owed to black people because we created the economic engine of the United States. So I think we, we should have reparations. Bryson, reparations, yes or no? Uh, should we get reparations? No. Do I want us to get reparations? Yes. Just to prove the point that y'all, I think y'all just proved for me. Y'all. Well, what if you're you just, wrong? What if you're wrong? Will you feel good about it then? 
I'll, if, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll get on here and be like, y'all was right. It helped the black community, but y'all just admitted that it's going to help America because you, y'all just admitted it. It should help America, spend. but it should help America. Yeah, yeah, but my, it would help America in the economy because white people going to spend it. But my question it is, should. how it affect the black community? I care. I want to know. I care about the black community. You know what I'm saying? So I want to know what will help the black community for real, not this, not not these make believe utopias that uh, I feel like there's enough examples that. All right, let me go to Marie real quick. Marie, yes or no? Reparations. As I said, I don't believe in individual reparations. I do believe in fixing our infrastructure and our schools and things like that. We've thrown money at the problem. We've thrown money at schools and Johnny still can't read. So I, I really question how. We what can, can you tell us, Marie, about African-American conservatives? Talk about it. African-American conservatives. We have a podcast. Uh, we have a blog at acons.substack.com. Um, our podcast is at anchor.fm forward slash A-A-C-O-N-S. Um, and so we talk about the black communities and issues that are facing the black community currently. All right. Jason, tell us about the Working Class Elites podcast. Dr. Um, Nichols. Working Class Elites podcast is just started. It's just popping off. We're going to have some really uh, good episodes coming towards you. We just interviewed the chief of police in College Park, Maryland. So that episode is up. Please listen to it. We're going to have a YouTube element as well. Um, definitely uh, follow me and on all of my social media and we'll have more information for you. And also check out my writing. I, I write in Newsweek a lot. So keep an eye out. Dr. Sinclair, Race Forward. Race Forward is a national organization that is committed to building a multiracial democracy in which all people thrive, recognizing that to do that, we need to center Black people's reality, Black people's struggles, and we work with people in government, people in communities, and do racial equity assessments so that we can have, be data-driven in the strategies in which we use to help communities do that important work. Excellent. Bryson, talk about the gray area. Yes, of course, I'm the most banned rapper alive. If you want to know why, subscribe to my YouTube. Gray Area Podcast, I've been interviewing people from different religions lately. I just uh, interviewed a Black Hebrew Israelite um, while I let them explain th themselves. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Subscribe. Okay, I can't wait. I can't wait. What's the next? Uh, what is your next show? Uh, I'm trying to find, I'm currently trying to find a Muslim. Uh, I had an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And I had a black Israelite. I had a Catholic, an Orthodox uh, Christian. I love the no. perspective. I love. I love the different yeah. perspectives. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, I don't much get a chance to thank the people behind the scenes. I want to take this time to do that. So thank you to Jack Abernathy, Stephen Brown, James Dubose, Joyce Coleman Sampson, Trina Daly and Brad Hart, and my producers, Alicia Birch, Avi Bernard, and then I've got my bookers out there, Derek Lafayette and Jerome Tramiel, and the whole Morello team, as well as Hailey, our technical director. I see you got me looking good, Hailey. Um, and Megan, uh, also, that handles our assets and Thank you so much for handling SAP. That is the business of being black.